Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of The Real Spotlight. I'm Tony. And I'm Manya. And today we are joined by a special guest, Minwa, or as most of you guys might know her by her Instagram username, the Arab Khaleesi. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. Hi, guys. So before we dive into our episode where we'll be reviewing Blonde and doing recap of episode five and six of House of the Dragon, I'm going to ask you just a few questions so our listeners can get to know you better. Sure, I'm excited. So how old were you when you discovered your love for cinema? Like what got you into movies, TV shows and all that stuff? Um, Honestly, I don't know the exact age. I think when I kind of knew that I really, really loved movies, maybe a bit more than some of my friends and family members was maybe when I was around 12 years old and really started trying to find movies and, you know, by actors or by franchises and stuff like that. But I always loved movies. I mean, I was shown movies by my brother and my mother since I was a kid. And I've seen a lot of the classics um, since I was a kid. And since I was like in my early uh, tweens, you know, like the formative Mm -hmm. years. Um, So yeah, just like a bunch of really good movies. And I think the movie that my brother suggested to me when I was around that age, it's really, I mean, it made me sort of realize that movies have a special power was um, Back to the Future. It's kind of a stereotypical choice but no it's a great choice <laughs> yeah it's one of my favorites to this stage because it's awakened that love for cinema within me at that age around maybe 12 11 years old i think back to the future is a perfect movie mm-hmm. I, think yeah, I agree it's, it's i mean it's so i mean every year i try to watch the trilogy i mean i don't love part two i love part three but part one is so good everything is perfect about it and i could just i could probably quote the whole thing <laughs> And the music, everything is great about it. So I actually never seen the third one, but I love the second one. Again, you're shocking me, Tony. Second one's so good. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't. I didn't say I disliked it. I said it was my least. Uh, did I say I didn't like it? <laughs> I feel attacked now. <laughs> actually, I'm shocked too because I didn't like the third one, and I love uh, the second one too. So I don't know. The third one has this kind of magic that it's in the old west. Marty is called it Clint Eastwood. I don't know. It's just funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, oh, sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to say, I think the reason that I don't really love the third one is because I don't like Westerns. Mm. Um, whereas the sort of futuristic element of the second one is something that I liked, but the first one is the best. Like, I think that oh, that's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen some people with hot takes on Instagram saying the second one is the best and I unfollowed them right away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Are you though? <laughs> <laughs> You'll never know, I guess. Um, okay, my next question for you is when did you start your Instagram? Because we all know each other through Instagram. So when did you start? And what's tell us a little more about your page. I started my Instagram account a really long time ago, an embarrassingly long time ago, in 2015. Wait, um, wait, wait. I'm going to cut you off because I beat you to it. I started 2012. So don't be embarrassed okay. at all. <laughs> Okay, that's I, I'm reassured and I'm happy that someone has been on that side of Instagram for as long as I have. Um, but yeah, I started in 2015, basically because of Game of Thrones. Um, I got into it, I think, in 2014. And I really wanted to talk about it. But I had no one to talk about it to. You know, I, want, I researched theories. I 
I just dived into the fandom as much as I like wanted to and I just needed to talk to someone about it and the person that got me into the series was one of my other brothers and I wanted to talk to him about it but he just wasn't interested to that extent so I just said you know what I need to like talk to avoid at least like that's that's what I can get then he wasn't he you're saying he wasn't like he was a casual fan yeah like he he was into the characters and what was going on but when I I wanted to talk about it more than he ever wanted to I wanted to dive into theories and like you know oh in the books did you know it, it was this way or that way and he didn't care. And yeah, so you, like, oh, okay. yeah, you wanted to search for the nerds. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I needed to talk to a nerd, but I just said, you know what? I'm just going to talk. Even if it's to myself, I'm going to talk into like Instagram. And if anyone reads and responds, then that's great. And then that's how sort of my account was born. And that's what I started talking about in the beginning. It was Game of Thrones and books because I was into books at that time, even more than I am now. Like I was an avid reader. And um, yeah, then just evolved into movies and more Game of Thrones stuff. And that's essentially the story in a nutshell. I was going to ask you, um, I've been probably following you for maybe since I started my account, but I love the thing you do every first of the month. You put like uh, a preview of like a lot of shows and movies and you give like all the information out for people. I really enjoy that. So thank you for doing that. Because sometimes I don't even know what's coming out do you like how long does it take you to find all that research to because sometimes you'll put like 20 (laughs) stories of movies and tv shows have a lot of info like it seems like it'll take you a long time um so first of all thank you for appreciating it it's actually something that i always thought of like I, i always wondered if people like actually found it useful because i just felt like it was just me talking like just sharing stuff and i didn't know anyone actually found it interesting but I feel like it's a way for me to keep track of what's coming out too um so thank you for liking it um uh but yeah it doesn't take me that long I mean it depends usually on what if there are a bunch of movies and tv shows that have to be released in a certain month then it takes me longer than let's say uh, the beginning of the year when there aren't really that many projects coming out actually yesterday was the first of October and I completely forgot to do it. I forgot to prepare the slides and it took me an hour to an hour and a half. Oh, like okay. it, it was it didn't Not bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't take that long because I sort of found a rhythm now and I know exactly where to go. And it just it, it, I found a very methodical way to do it and it, it streamlined the whole process. <laughs> So before we get into our review of Blonde, uh, let me ask you, meanwhile, what's your top movies of the year so far? You don't have to give us a specific like number, but just give us your top, maybe one, two, three, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I haven't actually seen that many movies this year, but my top two might be um, Everything Everywhere All at Once and Top Gun Maverick. And I think I might choose Top Gun uh, that's a, as my number one pick. That's a great top two, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I surprised. Think... <laughs> I think that's your number two, right? Are those your no- your top two, Manya? Yeah. Oh, oh mine too. No, you're no, fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so you guys have the you you we both have the have same, the same top two. Yeah, my <laughs> top two is just everything, everywhere, all at once, and the Batman. I think Top Gun is a seven or eight, or maybe it's four. I don't, I don't know. That's a bit blasphemous. Let me check my letterbox. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I'm just gonna say inside joke. All right, let's get into um, 
a movie that's not controversial or divisive at all Mm-mm. on Instagram <laughs> or Twitter or, or or anything. It's Blonde, which is directed by Andrew Dominic. And this is only his fourth film, which is crazy because The Assassination of Jesse James was 2007. So I haven't been looking at his career and I go, oh, he must have more movies. And I just look right now and go, what? This is only his fourth movie in 22 years. Let me ask our guest. You watched it, what was it, the yeah. day it came out? Yeah, I think it was the night it came out, if not the following night. I think it was, yeah, the night that it came out. If you had, if somebody asked you, just give me a one sentence review. I would describe it as an exploitative and disrespectful depiction of an icon who deserved better. And I might add better in real life and on screen. If you want my, I mean, she said it's so good. I don't think I can top that. I'm just going to talk about it. But (laughs) this movie, I didn't hate it as much as I hated it the second night. The more I think about it, the more it angered me almost. And to be honest with you, I have no connections to Marilyn Monroe. Like I've never seen any of her movies. I don't know her life story. I don't know anything about her, to be honest. I just know she's so beloved. And to be honest, I thought this was a biopic. I thought this was like a real story of her life. So as I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's sad. That's sad. And then I found out it's all fictional. And that's when I was so pissed because I'm like, you could have pictured, if it's fiction, you could have, you could have told her story in any way you wanted then if it's fiction and you chose to do it in that way. <laughs> like you chose to paint her in that light. And that's what really pissed me off. <laughs> you have so many different, uh, memoirs autobiographies of this legendary woman that you could have done a tasteful yeah you could have shown her her physical not i don't know physical but like mental abuse her drug addiction you could have put all that into the movie but this was like two hours and 42 minutes of just her constantly being berated or not berated but like mentally abused right she is cowering she's not even a strong person in this movie and she then that was the opposite of the real Marilyn she was out there she was a civil rights advocate she had her own production company she was one of the first women to ever so she did a lot of stuff and they kind of just reduced her to this helpless woman in Hollywood and but let me just get this straight the what they showed yes that happens to a lot of women back then but like give her at least a little bit of happiness in this movie it's just two hours and 40 minutes of just sadness. And like, I, I told Mani, I said, did I tell you? I was like 20 minutes in, I want to turn oh, yeah. this off. I, I, I said, I don't want to, three times I was going to turn it off. So, so to be honest, I actually enjoyed the first hour, not even probably like first 45 minutes. And then the more it went on, the more I realized there's no point to this movie. It wasn't headed anywhere. Like you said, Tony, it was just a story of this woman getting mentally and physically abused. And it just, it was nothing. It, it didn't have a plot. <laughs> it was, yeah, it had no kind of cohesive storyline. And uh, meanwhile, uh, let's, let's take, let's get our positives. If there's any, if you have any positives <laughs> from the movie. I have I have two positives, but I think that even the positives are like flawed too. Like they're not complete positives that I can say that these are positives and nothing else. And those two things are, first of all, Ana de Armas. I actually liked her performance a lot, but I just thought that 
like this is the material that she was handed and I feel like she was sort of complicit in this portrayal she when she just talks about the film and shooting the film she almost agrees the depiction of it and I think that that's I can't find the right word for it but it's not good (laughs) because it's still a really horrible and insensitive depiction and she almost applauds it and I feel like that's even worse because it seems like the movie itself and now also Anna Dermos who you think at least might have some sympathy for the character or not the character the person that she's portraying she doesn't she doesn't have any of that sympathy that she should you know and I think that if she did then she wouldn't have taken on the role even though she did such an amazing job that's the one positive that I can see and the other one is the visuals but then again you know even though there were really pretty scenes that were shot really well there were also some really hard to watch scenes that were crude and were horrible and it's just incredibly insensitive and I don't really want to describe the shots but I think you might know that some of the ones I'm talking about but they're just horrible horrible depictions and it makes the film pretty visually but yeah everything else makes it incredibly ugly honestly again she said it's so good i agree with her i do think visually this movie was really pretty even then though it sometimes some scenes went on so long that i was like okay like we can cut to the next one now (laughs) like it was just too much but i mean if if we were just talking pictures cinematography and all that it was very gorgeous also I didn't get the whole jumping from color to black and white. Did you guys read anything about that? I haven't really had the chance to like read on it, but the movie kept jumping from black and white to color. And I wish it was shot all in color because I thought the scenes. Yeah. What I got out of it, it was going back from Marilyn to Norma Jean. Oh, that's what I figured that what they were doing. This is Marilyn. She's Marilyn now. That's a good observation. And then she's Norma Jean. Yeah, so I thought visually was good. And I did think Ana de Armas did a really good job. I don't know. I, I don't even have the right words for it because I'm still processing it. I barely watched it Friday. <laughs> I'm just going to read you my last line on my review because it's pretty harsh and I don't care. Um, I wrote, Blonde is an insufferable, bloated, and pretentious film that hides behind the veil of fiction in order to subject its subject to nonstop mental and physical trauma. My positives... Ana de Armas, she did a really good job most of the time, but then at times she sounded like a caricature. At times, not not the whole time, like eighty percent, really good. I don't think it was. I don't think it's worthy of an Oscar nomination. Everything technical was great, and the recreating of those all those iconic pictures, they did a good job in it. But um, let's get to the good part. <laughs> I mean, well, what it was? Well, I guess we already said our our biggest negatives. I'm going to just ask you guys, what was the worst scene in the movie? Because I have one. And I guess it wasn't too. Here's what I was going to say. The NC-17 rating. Here's a question. Was it justified? No. (laughs) No. I mean, it felt like it's pushed for the NC-17 rating just to have an NC-17 rated Marilyn Monroe movie. That's, I feel like, the only reason why he pushed for it to be an NC-17 movie. So you guys know I love horror movies and I've seen some really grotesque scene, even like similar to this one as far as towards women and whatnot. And this did not, not to say like, oh, this isn't as bad because it's not as graphic, but that's exactly what I'm actually saying. There's way more graphic scenes like that out there that get the same rating. And yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was supposed to be NC-17. <laughs> yeah, there's one scene in the beginning where she goes to a studio exec. We don't know if this is true or not. But, you know, he just pulls down her pants and he starts, you know, doing the stuff. 
and they don't really show it. They just show her face. And then they show her with two other guys who are supposed to be like, was it Charlie Chaplin's like mm-hmm. got, uh, yeah. grand, grandson? Son, I think. Or yeah. son. Okay. So she was, you know, having fun with, it looked like she was into it. Like she wasn't being forced to do anything. Um, I was just going to say, I think those scenes with um, Charlie Chaplin's son and the other guy, I don't know his name. I think those were the only even kind of, even though I don't, I wouldn't consider, consider it respectful. It was the only part of the movie that's kind of had some respect towards Meriden because it sort of gave her agency, I think, and a little bit of happiness rather than showing just the abuse and the what she suffered at the hands of others was the only sort of part where we see her take a decision on her own and I think yeah. that's the what the rest of the film should be that's what any sort of biopic should be even if it's fictionalized or not it shouldn't just be as you said Tony like two hours of abuse and nothing else and I think that that's the only thing I have to say about that little part of it okay so what did I ask before what was the your least favorite scene or your scene that you did not like at all so I have one because this scene really bothered me <laughs> And I'm still angry about it. And I think most people would probably agree. And that was the JFK scene. We did not need to see her close up doing what she was doing. We don't even know that happened. So again, why paint these people in that light if it's fiction? I absolutely hated that scene. Absolutely hated it. Yeah, I, I when Tony asked the question, I was sort of shuffling through the numerous scenes in my head. And I forgot that one I don't know how but I agree with you because it was I think the worst it was one of probably the hardest to watch out mm-hmm. of all of the hard scenes that's I agree with you completely it's that scene well let's make it three for three because that's the <laughs> one that I hated the most as well um yes there was millions of rumors with her hooking up with him and her bro- his brother but even back in the 80s and 90s, people were making jokes about JFK and Marilyn Monroe being together or they were doing the nasty stuff like that. You know, true. Is it true? I don't know. Even like uh, Forrest Gump makes a joke about JFK. Oh, yeah. Remember that scene when he goes mm-hmm. into JFK's a private bathroom and there's a, a, a letter from Marilyn? I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, yeah, that, that scene, if I could ask the director and be like, what was the purpose can you explain to me what was the purpose of her going into that bedroom the doors wide open the secret service everywhere and then he basically just points his finger to his his junk Mm -hmm. and then she has to do the thing and just kind of like flabbergasted like i I don't understand why like is it because they had to throw in the jfk thing in there like probably because that's (laughs) so well known but did they have to you know, I mean, you can they make could've... a biopic without focusing on every single thing about a person's life. And just n- not even that the way the way that it was shown was just like, did you have a few? Did you have to show it? And did you have to show it in that way? Because it made no sense whatsoever. And that just put the cherry on top of me basically hating this movie. <laughs> yeah. There was just so much stuff to yeah. hate about it. But this was just like, boom. And then let me ask you. The last, well, obviously we're doing spoilers, right? If you haven't seen the movie, watch it and come back um, to the podcast. The last scene, obviously she does, she commits suicide. But you notice that they lingered on her feet for like two minutes mm-hmm. before the credits rolled up. Like yeah. that was an odd choice. I think I'm, I 
skimmed over so many quotes from the director. Like, I don't want to give him the time of the end read full interviews because every single, like, answer or comment that I've seen him make, like, when screenshots and everything, it just makes me hate the, him in the movie even more, in all honesty. And I think he said something like... Um, the most fascinating thing about her, or at the end of the day, this is a movie. This is a movie about someone that's killed themselves, and it's like that's what the only the only thing that you're portraying. Like he didn't even see it as oh, I'm portraying. I'm seeing this is a this is a movie about the life of a woman that actually existed. It was oh no, this is just a movie about someone that you know takes their own life because they might have been really depressed. He just he didn't even see it from that light. Just oh, yeah. it's a woman that's killed herself and let's make a movie about that and what drove her to that in, in the most insensitive way, which every time I talk about the movie and we just keep going on about it, I just keep thinking, how did it get made? And just, as you said, I'm just thinking of the questions that are like, what went through your head when, you're, when you were making this film, when you made that choice? Because there's no logical or sensitive or um, tasteful answer that I can imagine based on all the answers I've seen from him, you know? Yeah. Um, so just jumping off what you said, Tony, about sort of why doesn't the film celebrate men? I think that, you know, it's such a shame because she deserves that celebration. She didn't get that sort of celebration enough in while she, you know, while she was alive in real life. And even now, like this is how many people remember her and she deserves to be celebrated for making up so much of you know old cinema like old Hollywood history and everything that she accomplished and outside of you know her films too and as you said before like all the civil rights movement um, achievements that she did and how she stood up for Hattie McDaniel I don't know the full story to explain it or like say it's on here but I mean it's just it's such a shame because she's totally worthy of that celebration but no one really knows that so if you just think about the power that this film might have had if it's shown a light on that side of Marilyn and empowered her or like showed her empowered rather than abused. That's and such, most, oh, sorry. Like, uh, no. no, I was going to say that's such a good point because I, like I said in the beginning, I don't know anything about Marilyn. And if someone like me doesn't know and watch this and doesn't know it's fiction, this movie paints her in such a bad, I guess a bad light. It's She doesn't look like a very well-rounded person. And like you guys are saying, she has accomplished so much that again, I had no idea about. Why couldn't they talk about this? Like all her accomplishments. Yeah, highlight her mental health and how she was abused by the men like around her too. But it doesn't have to be only that. Uh, I guess it's such missed opportunity, honestly. One last thing before we move on. The cringiest part, and I talked to Mania about this before we recorded. <laughs> Her saying daddy to every male person <laughs> is so embarrassing. And the cringe factor was at a thousand percent. It's so cringeworthy. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it makes her, I don't know, it, it, it sort of takes away from her power too. And I just, oh, I don't know. It, it, was, it was too much. <laughs> it was Especially too there's much. one scene where, where they never name him, but Bobby Carnaval, he's playing. Joe DiMaggio and he comes in and he finds these new photos that she did she has no you know her she has no top on so then she's saying daddy with it, it makes <laughs> it makes her look and feel like an aunt compared to him yeah I just thought the whole daddy thing was very cringe and just her looking so helpless and waiting for her man to come save her was honestly really cringe to watch too because I doubt she was like that with every single man she meet. Oh, just take me away from my hardship and save me. Like, okay, like, come on. She, I, 
I don't know. So before we move on, um, what are your guys's final rating? Maybe a three or a 3.5 out of 10. I have the same score, 3.5. I gave it a 3.5 just because of the majority of her performance. I can tell that she was dedicated to the role. The movie visually and production costume all look great. So I got to give those people behind the scenes a little bit of credit. I think I would give it a four for the reasons you mentioned, Tony. I think... Like, again, visually was good. Music was great. Costume, hair and makeup. They did such a good job. So just for those people's sake, I'm going to give it a four. But it might drop more and more. It might drop because the more I think about it, the more I hate it. So for now, it's a four. We'll see what it is when I rate it on Letterboxd. Okay, so um, let's move on to some happier stuff. Uh, last episode, we started doing a segment called Did You Know? Uh, so let's call it Did You Know Spotlight. <laughs> like, I don't know. I couldn't think of a name. So last week, I gave Mania five or three Did You Knows. And this week, she, it's her turn. So she's, meanwhile, she's going to give us some Did You Know trivia, basically. And then we're going to okay. see if we knew or not. All right. Did you guys know the stabbing sound effects in Halloween are actually knife stabbing watermelon? <laughs> No, I, I didn't think I knew that, but it does yeah. the little squish sound. It does sound, <laughs> if you're thinking about it, it does sound like a watermelon. Anyways, thanks a lot. So did you know that Brad Pitt and Edward Norton, they both really learned how to make soap for Fight Club? I didn't know that. <laughs> I think I knew that because when I reviewed Damn it, it. Tony, why do you read all the trivias? <laughs> when I reviewed it, it was part of my trivia because I always okay. put like a trivia thing and that that's part of it. I think I, I put that on there. I don't even know how to make soap, but <laughs> I thought that was really cool. All right. And my last one. Did you know in Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, the body count is 836, which is the highest in movie history. Let me guess you knew that, Tony. No, that sounds <laughs> low, though. Yeah, I was thinking, Sima, I thought you were going to say it's 100,000. I was like, Oh, oh maybe okay. I wrote it. Maybe I wrote it wrong. My bad. 800. I mean, that's. I mean, the 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 dead people kill like thousands. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. It's the highest in movie history. Okay. Oh, okay. I will leave that in there. Just just a little blooper. Uh, let's talk about Game of Thrones because you know that's something that you really really love. And I'm just gonna like I mentioned before, we're not gonna rehash all the Game of Thrones talk because we want to talk about House of the Dragon. So I'm gonna give you a rapid fire questions that I, I haven't told you these but okay. um, just whatever pops in your head so this is rapid fire game of thrones edition okay okay i'm nervous okay okay all right <laughs> uh, let's start off with favorite season two or three uh you gotta pick one uh, <laughs> two? if you pick two we're best friends is i think that's my favorite two i think two okay that's all right, three, three, three 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 <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, favorite this one is a little hard because you it it's a difficult one because it's so many episodes favorite episode oh i don't swear but the battle with between john snow and ramsey bolton i don't want to okay. say the name of that battle of the bastards okay yeah next question what house would have your allegiance i'm wearing a targaryen shirt okay <laughs> so i think it would be very hard between targaryen and stark in actuality but i have to i i feel like i'd be an imposter if i don't say targaryen i would say targaryen too so <laughs> well i i was kind of making a joke with minwa because when i asked for her email i saw well I, I actually went to her instagram account tapped email and it popped up minwa stark and i go why isn't it minwa targaryen <laughs> 
Yeah, I have no idea why I named it that. It's just uh, at least ne- some of my Stark allegiance is, creep- is creeping through. <laughs> uh, next one. Uh, f- since you are known as the Arab Khaleesi, yeah. I'm going to ask you your favorite moment with Daenerys. Oh, um, first one that mind is the one of the, the first Drakara scene when she, you know when she had season when she three? gave the Unsullied. Yeah, in season three. Yeah, when she starts yeah. talking Valerian. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes. I think when I did a top 10 scene, that was in there. Okay, so I know you read the books. What's your favorite book of the the series, A Song of Ice and Fire? I have a confession to make. I didn't read the books. Oh, I thought you did. I thought you read the books. Every This is the first time I'm confessing to it, honestly. So um, I never read the books. Um, everyone is just under the assumption that I did, and I just never corrected them. Oh, maybe because you said something about books earlier. Were you um, talking about Fire and Blood? Uh, yeah, I'm. 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 I read Fire and Blood. Like I'm reading it now. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm. I'm reading Fire and Blood, but I never. I read. I think half of Game of Thrones, the first one. But yeah, I never really read the rest of the books. Um, I don't know why. I think maybe it was because I was in high school and I just didn't have time, or something. I don't know. Or I was into YA. I don't know. I, I don't want to make excuses. I did not read the books. <laughs> well, just for everybody to, um, mine is the third one. Uh, storm or swords okay last last uh, rapid fire question i left it for last because this is going to be difficult top three characters so daenerys first of all i have to say um oh i thought it was going to be harder but daenerys Arya, and Tyrion. i think i had Tyrion. well Tyrion's my number one in the book and the show and i think i have Arya. Uh, did I say Arya in the top three? When you we did. did I'm okay. pretty sure you did. Yeah. Okay. I feel like Arya's in everyone's top three. She's just too cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was uh, GOT Rapid Fire with Minois. You did really good, really well. I'm saying. Thank you. <laughs> um, so why don't we go to the House of the Dragon? Actually, um, one question about Game of Thrones. I'm going to ask everybody thoughts on season eight. Did you like it, love it, hate it, or didn't care for it? <laughs> I did not like it so much. And I was just thinking about this a couple of days ago. I think that if the events of season eight happened, but they were always sort of known and it was led, like the series led up to it in a nice and, you know, in a well-paced way, I don't think I would have had that much of a problem with it, you know, but it was yeah. just because it was so rushed. You know, we know why it was rushed because of the creators, Dan and Dave, and they just wanted to, you know, go to their Star Wars, which then they rightfully lost out on isn't because of Car- the way that it, they handled Isn't Karma great? Yes, right? Oh, that just it makes me so happy that they lost that deal because they deserve it for, like, doing that to the legacy of Game of Thrones, you know? I um, don't know why didn't they give um, say hey you know what we want to do star wars why not give miguel the director remember we were yeah. talking about his name Shapash- Shapash- yeah, yeah. <laughs> why not just say hey why don't you run the show season eight i wish i wish and, I wish and it could have been you know a 10 episode or even split it up into two six part seasons or whatever but anyway go ahead sorry yeah, it makes me mad because, I mean, Daenerys deserve better. <laughs> I yeah. mean, so many of the other characters deserve better too. I mean, I obviously have a soft spot for her, but they just, it just it's so frustrating because they all deserve better. That's the theme of this epi- episode. Um, everyone just deserved better. Marilyn, Daenerys, um, all of the characters in Game of Thrones. I they just, just made her, I think they made her so petty. Yeah, like, and I, like- they... Reduced her to, you know, oh, her genetics and she's just mad, you know, when she never really displayed madness. She was ruthless, but she was never mad. You know, her brother was mad, Viserys, 
yeah. her brother that we've seen the first season. That was madness. Okay, that's the Targaryen madness that we know that she, he took after their father. Daenerys was just ruthless. She was just confident. She was just harsh, but she was never mad. She was never out of her mind. And then the, when they reduced her to that, it was just heartbreaking because she was never that. Yeah. She was never her father. She was always clever. She always knew what she was doing. And to just say, oh, now, you know, and there was a, a quote that uh, one of the creators said, one of the showrunners said, where he was just like, oh, Daenerys just didn't expect that. Daenerys didn't just not expect anything. Yeah. I forgot the, the exact quote. And he just said, oh, we thought that was a good way to subvert expectations just for the sake of doing so. And uh, Tony, I think you're going to regret asking this question because I'm going to go, I'm just going on a tangent. I'm, I'm starting to rant. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> you don't yeah. wanna... I think, uh, Mania, did you didn't hate it, right? Um, I didn't hate the outcome. I hated the journey getting to the outcome. I thought it needed way more character development, especially for Daenerys, like Minwa said. Like it just like you like both of you guys said, it was a snap and that's it. She's like, I hate everyone, I'm gonna kill them. There was no lead up to it, even though they might think they did that in the previous seasons, but there wasn't really any big lead up to it. And that was my issue with it. I, I Jon Snow going back to where did he go back to? What was the sorry? I, I I'm not like I don't know the show and North the characters. Of the Wall. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like when he went back there, like all that stuff made sense to me. Like I the think the dis- did deserve better. The disappointment <laughs> was also all these fan theories that people right. made. Yes. I mean, yeah, you know, you understand? I was like, like everybody's like, well, Daenerys and Jon, they're gonna roll together at the end. They'll have babies. Everything's gonna be perfect. <laughs> Every everything was just kind of leading up to this. Now, now fans on Twitter, on Instagram, they create their own narrative. And then when they create the movie and the shows in their head, and when the show <laughs> doesn't go right, they're like, F this, this is the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of like, you know, because we know, <laughs> here we go, talking Game of Thrones. <laughs> we know that John never wanted to roll. That's not, that wasn't his, his end game was to mm-hmm. be in the Iron Throne. Even when she tells him, like, I don't want that. I don't want to be the ruler. And him going back up there kind of made, it was annoying, but I wasn't angry about it. Right. Uh, same here. And I think that it, it does fit with his character, you know, because he never, as you said, he never wanted to rule. He didn't even want to rule the North. But um, actually just going based on the theorizing theorizer thing that said, I was a big theorizer because as I said, I didn't read the books. I just, during that phase, when I was reading up about Game of Thrones in high school, when I told you about that's when I just sort of dived deep into the fandom and read everything that happens in the book. So that's like, just to add to that confession, um, that's how I know all the, the differences between the books and constantly reference like, oh, in the books, in the books, in the books, because I, that's what I did during that time. But uh, I did like theorizing at the end of the day with like some small things and some big things and I think that they there were seeds that were left sort of that they planted within the show that just never grew into anything maybe it was wrong of us to hold on to them as as tightly as we did you know like the Azora high prophecy it's like yeah. I'm still mar- mad about like they like, just, just sitting there but at the same time I understand that like not all prophecies turn into anything but now it also has a bit of frustration with House of the Dragon because when we watch it we're like oh they're talking about the prince that was promised and the song of ice and fire and then we just know like oh it's gonna be over tonight so (laughs) yeah it's kind of in I I get it because you're talking about that great revelation of John being Lyanna Stark's son yeah and that goes to nowhere and that was a great scene in uh the season finale of season six and nothing happens yeah. with it and uh, again was also, that was 
Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say there's also a scene that I literally remembered yesterday or today thinking about Game of Thrones where Cersei, um, there was a prophecy surrounding her when she went to a fortune teller and they were like, oh, she's going to get killed by someone I think or more beautiful or her death is going to be at the hands of someone younger. And that's why she sort of is scared of Sansa in the beginning. And I, I can't remember the details of it. But that's, again, just one other thing that they just didn't do anything with. And I understand that maybe they want to say, oh, you know, like these mages and sorceresses and everything don't really yeah. have that power but you can't say that for every single seed that you plant you know like yeah I, like something has to amount to something one of the things that frustrates me about yeah i think mania 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 and i cannot stand the way that uh cersei went out i was literally just about to say you know how you said uh some char- these characters deserved better i was gonna say and some deserved worse <laughs> yes <laughs> they didn't get worse <laughs> And like yeah. better is their worst. Like she deserved to go out in a better way, which is, I mean, like in a worst way, actually. Right. Like yeah. absolutely. She, oh, and she deserved. She said there. She deserved to be either killed by. Look at me now. I'm theorizing, right? <laughs> uh, she no. This is this is a Monday Monday money quarterbacking. Uh, she should have been killed by Arya, yeah, or Sansa, or yes. Dragonfire. <laughs> yes, literally the only like the the best three. Uh, possibilities and and uh, what what was she killed by rocks so or even or even by <laughs> in her brother. the arms of her lover who's her brother <laughs> even even killed by jamie like yes. that would have been the complete arc of his character which would have been one of the best in tv history but yes, it's still out there yes. in the book in the book he still can i'm sure george is gonna give him that arc but in the show i hope so they you know that was amazing when he went to winterfell okay you know yeah. what <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get to the house of the dragon before we spend okay. four hours on season eight um let's get to okay so house of the dragon comes out everybody is sort of apprehensive because you know of season eight right after episode one what was your feeling did you go okay i'm back into the world of game of thrones what, what was your feeling meanwhile after episode one i didn't really feel that. I think maybe it's because mentally I was in denial and never left, went to Westeros, you know, like yeah. Game of Thrones has just been a part of my everyday life because of like what I called my accounts and everything. I just always, you know, the word Khaleesi or like Khaleesi is in my everyday vocabulary because I'm like, oh, I'm going to post on Aww. Khaleesi or something. So yeah, it just, it didn't, it didn't feel like I was, step, like I stepped away for so long. I just felt like, ah, oh, it's nice. It's like, it's nice to be here, but not like, it didn't feel like I was away for so long at the same time, which is weird because Obviously, I haven't, you know, we've been away for this, from Westeros on screen for like three years now. But it just didn't, it just didn't feel weird to me at all. It just felt like, okay, I'm back. Like I'm watching a like Harry Potter rerun. Yeah, like I'm back in my fictional world and I know everything and I know the houses. And I go, well, hello. <laughs> I don't know. To, I didn't feel weird. I don't know. Yeah, we both, I think, what you give the first episode, Manu? Like a nine? Uh, yeah, I think I gave it like a nine, a solid nine or 9.2, something like that. I went into this with a very open mind. I was like, you can't judge. Listen, as much as we hate it, season eight or disliked season eight you can't disregard everything else that came out before it which was amazing tv like up to like even now uh game of thrones would be in my top five favorite tv shows so yeah i was very stoked for uh, house of the dragon very very stoked and i still get so excited every sunday six o'clock like we get every our snacks ready and we're like okay let's do this i kind of knew in my heart especially in that first scene where we get like a monologue which we never gotten in the Game of Thrones, yeah. just to kind of set up the Jaharis and 
that felt really good and kind of got you into it. So you were back home in Westeros with House of the Dragons. Meanwhile, that's what you're saying. Yeah. And I think that's more interesting about House of the Dragon in a way, or at least is or captivates us more, is the fact that this is Targaryens. We don't know much in Game of Thrones, you know? So yeah. I think everyone is sort of intrigued. Like we're reassured because we know that everything, you know, the book is, is done. It's out. The history is out there. It's not, we don't need to worry about them sort of messing it up too much in terms of the storyline because it's what George R. R. Martin intended and wrote. But we're also sort of intrigued by the history of this house we don't really know so much about you know watching game of thrones if you're just a casual viewer if you don't research or something like that it's just sort of oh you just know it based on daenerys and you know based on what they mention in game of thrones which is oh it's a house full of blonde mad people and they ruled (laughs) and that's it (laughs) okay so you you have you read the entire book of fire and blood uh no i i i was away and i finally got back to my copy and i think i read about um, I can like open up the book next to me and see where I got to, but I think I mean. Are you, you up know, to I, the I point it, of the I show? I I'm, I surpassed it. I surpassed. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I further down, probably towards where the show is going to be in its sec- end of the second season, at yeah. least based on my expectation. Um, yeah, I don't want to say too much and give too much away because no. it's be spoilers, obviously. But yeah. yeah. Before we get to further episodes, your thoughts on them using the same intro as Game of Thrones? Oh, I I do not like that. Oh, you don't I, like it? No, I have to be honest, I don't. I mean, the theme song is so iconic, but it's iconic to Game of Thrones specifically, I think. And I think it would have been cool if we had something different for House of the Dragon. I think maybe one of the reasons why they chose to reuse it is so that's going to be associated with the world of, of Game of Thrones. Similar to how I think, I'm not 100% sure, but the Harry Potter theme song is also kind of used, I think, throughout all the movies and I think it's a bit of fantastic beasts as well, but I'm not 100% sure. So don't Star Wars quote as well. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Star Wars. But they won't use it for like um, Rogue One, like, right? You know, I mean, yeah. they just used it for the Skywalker saga. But um, yeah, I don't like it. I think it would have been cool if we had a different theme song. I don't know. I, I, it's, I, I think, think an unpopular opinion. I think it's a double edged sword. <laughs> yeah. Because if he would have created something, people would be like, oh, it's not as good as. Yeah, thrones. true, true. <laughs> and so I maybe... think also they want it's a part of them sort of I don't want to say erasing the legacy of Game of Thrones, but so that's at least where we think of it as a whole when we yeah. think of when we listen to that theme song rather than just oh Game of Thrones, yeah, but season eight, you know, it's just gonna be <laughs> something that they could keep focusing on if they if it was just Game of Thrones. So I get it, but no, I think Mania and I were in agreement that we yeah. liked it. Like we were okay. I got goosebumps. I don't know because I put my my TV it's just up. It's such on. an epic song that I was just. Yeah. I was honestly just glad it was back. And like you said, Tony, I feel like I myself would have been like, "Oh, this isn't as good," or you know, I would have judged it if it was something different. But I also get your point of view too, Minwa. Like, just wanted something to link to this show, not the world. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe he will have Ramen Jawadi. He's an amazing composer. I mean, maybe he'll do something for season two. I don't know. Who knows? All right. So let's move on to talking about episode five and six, because I feel like we can go on and on talking about Game of Thrones, like Tony and I mentioned in our previous episodes. Uh, But in episode five, a lot happens and it ends with a bang, I would say. But let's start from the beginning of the episode where we... Uh, meet Damon's wife, Rhea Royce, for the first time. What did you guys think of that scene? 
I liked her. I I think it was very understandable sort of why Damon hated her, not in terms of like, you know, that he calls her ugly and he insults her and everything, but that's not what I meant. I meant that she's very fiery and she obviously doesn't like him and Damon doesn't like that. <laughs> and that's why he doesn't like her because she's very outspoken and she will not sort of tolerate his... Yeah, she's um, not going to take any BS from him. Yeah, that's the one doesn't like say. that. Yeah. It's funny because um, she was in it for such a short period of time and I managed to fall in love with her character in that short period of time. She was she came off like such a strong female character to me and it was such a shame, such a shame we didn't get more of her. It was a really good scene though. You really do see Damon for who he I mean, not that we haven't seen him for who he is, but you really do see him at another light in that episode, in my opinion. Let me Let me be annoying right now. But in the book... Oh my god! Actually, you save it while we know what I'm talking about. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so I think you were going to say that in the book, um, it's not mentioned that Damon kills her. It's just that she fell off her off her horse and died. Um, like she died, I think even like a couple of days after yeah. recovering, like what well, after she was you know like hospitalized or with like the Westeros equivalent of being hospitalized. <laughs> um, so, but I, so I did like that addition because as as you said, it sort of showed um, Damon's character, and it it really does. It's a very good change, I think. I mean, it makes sense. It adds to his character, and that's sort of the characterization that is so good about House of the Dragon and how they're um, developing the book. I was listening to the fellowship with the mic with uh, Sandra and she mentioned that Lady Rhea reminded her of a combination of Mira and Yara, which when I re-saw the episode, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> you know, just kind of because they Yara had that badass, I'm not going to take any crap from anybody. Definitely it. see a little bit of Yara in her because not only like the personality, but I think their features, they have similarities as well. Yeah, definitely. So moving on from that scene, we see Viserys taking um, action, basically, and going to Driftmark to meet with Rhaenys and Corlys for what, Tony? He's proposing marriage between Laenor and Rhaenyra. And I thought that was symbolic that a king of Westeros is making a trip. Usually people would go to him. Not usually. Think, Every yeah. time people go to him. He was very yeah. desperate, I feel like. Like, he just wanted that bond back between those two houses. So, and, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, for me, it's, it looked like an act of desperation. And then you see him vomiting and throwing up nonstop. And then you get to Driftmark and a, another insult to injury is nobody's there to meet him. And yeah. then you have Lord Corliss. He's sitting in his throne. And But, but the great part about... Of Viserys walking up is that you can see all the Corliss has accomplished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At sea. And yeah. then <laughs> you have Viserys who can't even do a little boat ride. And he's missing like really what close. three fingers at this point. I think like when um Rainus goes to shake his hand, he's like missing three fingers already at this point. And I'm like, okay, Viserys is not looking too hot. <laughs> no. But no, I, I thought that was really symbolic of, yeah. of his desperation and also to show how much of a badass Corliss was yeah. because he pretty much he's a self-made person in yeah Western and Western. also like the valerians are like this not the second best but like they are sort of the second most powerful house in westeros at that time so i think that it's definitely a power move on Corliss's part you know and it's in addition to you know the king coming to see you you're that's how you're going to accept him it's, it's a very deliberate choice where he sort of wants to further put viserys 
in his place and sort of show his solidarity with his wife. Oh, I forgot her name. Rainy. Sorry, Rainy. So he wanted to show solidarity with Rainy because he took the throne from her. Yeah. So it's since it was tense between them anyways, he sort of wanted to put salt in the wound even more. And, and I think it's of a, I think it's a, uh, a stab and not a stab in the back. It's kind of a, a getting him back for not marrying his daughter and, you know, Corliss and they're all pissed. So that's kind of a, you want something from me now? So you come and ask me. So that scene, there's a moment where Viserys says, regardless of gender, who the firstborn is going to be the heir to the Iron Throne. And Rainey's does a little like a <laughs> scoff or whatever, because yeah, remember what happened to her 30 yeah. years before, well, not 30 years, maybe 25 years prior. She wasn't picked because she was a, a woman. So she's kind of like, oh, now, now you, you don't care about gender mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Yeah, but- because when he got the, when he pushed for, you know, his bid for the throne against Rainey's, that's what he emphasized. He was like, I'm a man and I deserve it. It's my right. Mm-hmm. And they listened to him. So it's sort of like he's going back on his word and that's why she laughed. And I think that that's very, I mean, but- it is kind of funny, like that that's the state that, you know, as we mentioned karma before, this is the karma that Viserys <laughs> gets, like you you boasted about how you're a man and you deserve it. And then, okay, you see you're, you're, do- you're going to get a daughter first as your firstborn. And you're, I, I mean, that's going to cause a war. So Yeah. And then, know. then, but it's just the subtleness of her, her quick little laugh. That was perfect. Yeah. And, and this is the, one of the rare moments where Viserys kind of puts his foot down. He, uh, Lord Corliss is like, cool you're asking for my uh, sons and hand in marriage for your daughter but i need to make sure that they're called valarian and not targaryen and he goes no we're not doing that it's always going to be a targaryen of the throne so right right there he he was yeah, i think he said something like when they're born sure they can take your last name or your house name i should say but once they become king or queen they're going to be called targaryens targaryens. yeah Yeah. like yeah oh sorry i was gonna say that when you said it's one of the rare moments viserys puts his foot down i don't want to go too off topic here but i noticed that viserys only ever puts his foot down when it has to do with rhaenyra so i think that that's sort of his boundary yeah so viserys you can walk all over him on any topic in the world but the second you try to cross the line when it comes to his daughter and say something that he doesn't agree with i think that's when like viserys would really put his foot down i think that that's something that so far Viserys has not wavered on for even yeah. this chunk of episodes that we've had so far, which I find really interesting because it's, it makes him a kind of a good dad. I mean, yeah. for Westeros equivalent, but a bad king. And it's kind of interesting how he had to sacrifice one to be the other and why we we'll all say, oh, okay, it's better to be a good dad than a bad king. Well, at the end of the day, we're so frustrated with him because he's just such a bad king. So yeah. I think the more and more episodes um, uh, air, the more you see that he really loves his daughter, especially yeah. in episode six. But just to jump a little bit forward, when she has the third baby, he's so excited as a grandpa. You yeah. know, he's asking her how how was the labor, and he gives her a kiss. And deep down, you know, he knows the truth, but he's acting willfully blind. He wants to protect his daughter's reputation and legacy so much that he's going to be like. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So speaking of Viserys and babies and <laughs> Rhaenyra and all that stuff, um, we see in episode five that her and Lenor make an agreement prior to getting engaged or married, I should say. And that's 
basically Rhaenyra goes up to him and says, listen, I know your secret, which is that Lenor prefers men over women. And she's like, I kind of have my own secret that I like another man, not you, but let's just agree to this you know, marriage, this arrangement. And then we can go off and do as we please type of thing. Yeah. She had a good um, analogy with food. Like, <laughs> yeah. I remember. <laughs> I like, I like goose and you like duck. <laughs> something like that with food uh-huh. it was a clever clever analogy of saying you're you're gay i'm not i like to fool around with mm-hmm. with you know not just one person and you can fool around with guys she was mm-hmm. saying but in it a clever respectful of, way yeah it was like an agreement so like yeah we can do this uh because it's the right thing to do for our houses but we could go off and do as we please type of thing which was i guess an enticing offer to Lenor because we do see them get married before that let me actually after that let me ask Minoir the scene with Kristen Cole where he's declaring his love to Renera <laughs> and he has the audacity to say why don't you leave everything behind and just come with me to Pentos or uh, <laughs> say Volantis and we could just roam the streets and eat and pick oranges or whatever <laughs> fruit and he's like <laughs> what does she say he's like uh, basically saying no thank you i'm good <laughs> did you i mean we know all this stuff but like the way the scene was what did you think of the scene okay so i i like i know everyone's making fun of it and i agree with you and i could you know when he said oh he had the audacity to like say that and i agree with you completely but that wasn't my first reaction which was i love that trope that sort of confession i know it's desperate to mention that before but it's just I don't know. It's just it's but I I just it was a bit heartwarming in the beginning to me just because I like that type of confession and or like you mean confession. Kind. Oh, sorry, proposal. Okay. Yeah, okay. his proposal. Sorry, sorry, I said confession. I, I thought proposal. you I thought you were talking about the other confession where he's idiotic. About oh no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> I meant his proposal to to Renira. I it's now looking back. I know it's cringeworthy. It's sort of like when you look back on a mistake that you made, and my mistake was react was sort of falling for it the first time. Yeah, no, it's just the, the audacity. It shows that he doesn't really know Renera if he genuinely thought that yeah. she would accept that. And the fact that he reacted the way he did at the end shows that he didn't really love her and he didn't really listen to her when he when she talked about that. Because I'm sure when Renera, you know, she went on and on about like, oh, I hate doing this and I hate, you know, my duties and everything. At the end of the day, if he was truly listening to her, then he would have known that she sort of found it important and something that even though she kind of thought was tedious and what she wanted to do at the end of the day i fell for it at first and i was like okay this is cute but then <laughs> immediately like, as soon yeah. as the episode ended i, I think was like, oh, no. i think he was coming from like a good place i don't think he yeah. has, like malicious intentions of like no leave everything behind come with me type of thing but he definitely yeah, didn't yeah. take it well when she said no <laughs> like yeah. he yeah i think he <laughs> took it to like like he didn't take the time to understand why she's saying no and that's what bothered me about sir crispin <laughs> yeah it, it's kind of like she's been uh on this path to be queen and i'm just gonna give it up because we had one night of of love making mm-hmm. and that's why i saw memes of like oh i'm so good in bed that now you're gonna leave everything behind and follow yeah. me to eat oranges or whatever the heck you want <laughs> <laughs> anyway um let's move on to the actual wedding and we all know we all know what's going on with weddings in Westeros. Did you think anything was going to happen or do you like, okay, this is a wedding and something crazy is going to happen? Yeah. So I think I did know that something was going to happen. I just didn't know what, um, because. I, yeah. Uh, I, I thought that was going to be 
because like it doesn't it's really quick in the book so i thought they were gonna do some changes but i didn't expect the change that they did here but the ambiance of it your time mania when the valarians show up that was pretty Mm -hmm. badass i thought that wedding scene was shot so well because yeah I didn't know what was going to happen, but like Minima said, you just you expect something bad to happen. But the buildup to it was so good. That entire scene, yeah. I felt so anxious. My heart was like pounding. I was like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Like, is her secret going to be revealed? Or like, I just didn't know. And like the fact that Allison wasn't there and they're mentioning like, oh, she is changing. She's not here yet. I was like, what is she going to do? And then you see Sir Kristen talking to um, Lenore's uh boyfriend i think he was like his boyfriend joffrey. right? Or like his name is joffrey joffrey yeah. sorry i forgot his name but like he was talking to him and i was just like what's gonna happen something big's gonna happen and they kept dragging it out but in the best possible way yeah, yeah. where i was the like building, on the edge of my uh, seat yeah building but actually before the wedding you mm-hmm. get that scene with allison and cole where she's asking him questions and she's not even talking about him and he goes <laughs> oh that was me he was kind of yeah. like <laughs> he was like the queen of thorns tell sir yeah. it was me <laughs> and he just blurted it out yeah that was me yeah it's like i heard like, ranera slept with so yeah it was me like he just jumped in like <laughs> yeah that was me like i confess but that really pissed me off and that was such great writing because i went from really liking his character to like throwing my hands up of what the heck <laughs> yeah so i mean i guess because my my wife's like why did me move i'm we're all over the place mm-hmm. my wife's like why did he react why he's punching and bashing this guy's face in like what made him snap and it was at first i'm like what what's going on because again we reading the thing he doesn't let me just say it being annoying but in in the book he doesn't die there he dies in the tournament you know there's a week-long yeah. royal wedding and they have tournaments and he dies during jousting and then cole kills him at the end i understand why they did that because they just probably they don't want to do another scene of tournaments and blah 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 javri is like well i know your secret and like basically taunting him or kind of like a blackmail thing <laughs> yeah um, i think uh sorry i was gonna say i think one of the reasons why they added it in that way instead of like from instead of from the books instead of it just being like a tournament and everything i think it's also to sort of make Kristen more toxic you know because it just makes him unlikable that the fact that he mm-hmm. did that and like he chose to do that <laughs> yeah like that's your, like, yeah. your first instinct it's to beat up this guy that like came to you you know in confidence and it, it made a lot of us hate him more and made him even sort of worse of a guy you know he did carry more guilt with him I think for a bit when he went later by the woods to by the the tree if I forgot the name of the tree but to like you know commit yeah. suicide and everything so I think that's one of the reasons why they changed it and I think it, yeah make it that it works it, it did make us hate him more it did make mm-hmm. Renera probably not like him as much and yeah it's, but you I kind of had a power did you feel any sympathy towards him when he was about to kill himself yeah I think I would have felt it 100% if I didn't know what he was going to do later on. You know, I mean, down the line in the book, like, or like in, the his, like in the story, if I didn't know any of that, then I would have felt really bad for him because he just feels guilty. And it's like, I, I would have felt really bad for him. But yeah, knowing happened and, you know, what, what will happen. And I just did not, I felt like it was sort of not completely there. How about you, Mania? Did you feel any kind of? 
a little sympathy. bit, not too much. I think he thinks he took things too far, honestly. Like, but you, you have. If every man were to go out there and kill someone because of rejection, we would have no humans left. <laughs> like, no, but like, so you, you're, you're somebody. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> um, you're, you're, you don't know the source, right? So, no. Did you, for a split second, think he was going to do it? Yes. I did for a split second think he would because I was like, where I, I don't see where his arc was going at that point. So I was like, oh, maybe this is it. But yeah, I guess not because he's in episode six, 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move to um, when Allison comes in. She wanted to come in last just to stop the wedding. Mm-hmm. She comes in looking amazing with that dress, green. Mm-hmm. Lord Laris was um, straw, the hand of the king, his younger son. He's basically saying the high tower is where that when they're going to war. Let me ask you this, Minois. When she greets Renero and she says, Yeah, stepdaughter, I, when she calls her stepdaughter. She calls her stepdaughter. But did you notice that when she said, Oh, this is such a blessed day or event, that she stares at her stomach? Did you notice that? That she no, like, I did not. I did not. a quick glance at her stomach saying, I know that you've done something and, I mean, and you're probably pregnant. <laughs> oh, wow. I did not. I'm, I need to rewatch that scene. I yeah, it's so that. subtle. It's like great acting because it's so subtle. Yeah, definitely. And then we get Damon who just shows up. He just shows up whenever he wants. He doesn't <laughs> even care. And like that's a sign of like, <laughs> that's why you know Viserys is real chill because like Joffrey would have killed Damon way before. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he would have killed him. You know, he, he wouldn't stand for any, any kind of that BS. All right, let, let, let's try to end this quick. So, um, there's so much I want to talk about. Episode six. Um, <laughs> did you notice Allison the way? <laughs> oh my God, Viserys is eating, and Allison looks at Viserys like, "Oh, I gotta be with this guy." Like, she <laughs> looks like I'm tired of this man already. <laughs> Why won't you just die? That's what she's thinking. <laughs> so let's closing up episode five we see the wedding and the pan out and the blood on the floor and all that what did you guys think of that ending it felt like Viserys taking a stand in another way of him sort of saying this wedding is happening no matter what you know it felt like him for again for in a rare time just sticking by his decision of these two are getting married nothing is going to get in the way of it it's going to happen now I think that a part of him was scared that was something was going to go wrong or something was someone was going to interfere f- event with Kristen and, and Joffrey. And I think that it was him in a way kind of, I don't want to say staking, taking a stand against his daughter, but sort of just forcing it to happen. Do you I, think he did that because the way Damon and Renera were looking at each other during the oh, dancing, yeah. an inch away from their face that they're going to make out? They're looking at each other lovingly, and he has that face of like he wants to kill his brother right there. He's like, like this wedding is happening, and it's happening today. Yeah, yeah we're getting yeah. this done. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought. Well, the, the circumstances around the death, but I I think the Damon thing was the the thing that pushed it over the top of okay, we're gonna. I can't wait a week because usually yeah. those weddings it's seven days of mm-hmm. celebration and then you have the wedding that that's so true there, there would have been time for damon to interfere if, yeah. uh, if they waited and then we get a time jump in episode six if it's okay with you guys we're gonna jump into episode six because again another episode where so much happened and i'm actually shocked that some people are saying this was the first boring episode because i found nothing boring about it um yeah it's so- actually i it, oh, excuse me yeah it's the like the lowest rated on imdb which I'm surprised. It has like yeah. an 8.2. 
I think people are not taking well to the character change, but I actually thought just real quick, I'm going to say that I thought they both did such an amazing job, both um, Olivia Cook and um, Emma Darcy. I thought they yeah. both did fantastic job and I cannot wait to see more of them, honestly. I hope there is more of them. You guys know more than I do. So I think Emma, Emma Darcy planted her flag in that first scene right there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That first scene of her giving birth and that first scene of Allison saying, oh, we need to see the baby right now. Mm -hmm. And she's like getting up. I've seen my wife give birth twice. And, you know, that's so that your energy is drained. You have no energy, but she pulls herself up. She's like, all right, I'm going to take her. I'm going to take this baby to you. And like Mm -hmm. you could see the pain in her face right there. Boom. She was already Renera to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) within two minutes. And uh, what did you think, meanwhile, about uh, Emma Darcy, that first scene? Oh, I thought she was amazing. And as you said, I think like she did sort of establish herself as Renera in that scene and felt very true to her character, even though it's a bit different. It does feel like it feels like a grown up version of Renera. Yeah. And that's what she is. And that's what Emma Darcy like brilliantly like, hit the nail, the nail on the head on. Um, and as you said, it's it was the perfect way to start the new um, era because it was very easy to introduce us to to reintroduce us to these characters, jumping off of that, you know, jumping off of the birth and, you know, Alison and Viserys and Lainer and um, later on and Harwin. So it was a very, it was a very good scene. And I think it was like, there was like the tracking shots, you know, like um, following them up the stairs and it was just yeah. so powerful. And it, it established who they were after all this time and how much change they've gone through. You know, I established sort of how Lainer is still kind of the same and how Viserys is still the same and yeah. is like, and how Alison is, sort of more confidence in herself. It was the perfect scene to start the new um, era with. Even Lenore's dialogue, you it set up how Allison has been such a, I guess, witch. Um, she's been <laughs> to, a mean girl. Yeah. Uh, Renera, you know, yeah. like he's like, oh, really? Why? Why is she doing this? Like, this is ridiculous. Like she can't, you know, she, she knows like why she wants to see the baby. She wants to see that the baby's head she wants to see the color of the, color of the, the hair. hair you know that we all know that's happening but i think it establishes allison of being you know that c word yes um <laughs> allison definitely was a mean girl in this like she was she was out to get renera in this episode and i think they established her character so well in just a few minutes i would say like you could tell she was not the same allison we met in uh, the first few episodes she was scheming she was kind of cunning and evil and she was looking for any way to throw renera under that bus <laughs> so yeah. i i thought these characters were so well written in this episode where again like we had a 10 year jump but we kind of know who they are already now like in that age and day and but the one thing that i do have to nitpick on it kind of felt weird seeing the same actor for Kristen because the other two are grown up and different actresses and then Kristen he kind the of looks same. the same yeah, yeah. He, he does look the same i'm like is he the tom cruise of west rose or like what's going on <laughs> yeah because harwin kind of looks the same too the hand of the king looks the same yeah. um <laughs> damon the king yeah Actually, the hand of the king, um, he loses his hair in, in the before the time jump. He has long hair and then oh, okay. he's holding. Oh, yeah. oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. the opposite of Kristen where they just gave him a haircut and called it, called it today. <laughs> they should have added, um, I don't know, some wrinkles or something. I don't know. It, that's yeah. the only thing that took me out because I was like, if they were going to change the two leading actresses in the 
first few episodes, I thought they should have changed Kristen Cole also, but yeah. it's a nitpick. It's not like a huge downfall where I'm like, want to flip a table all angry. So, and then yeah. we get, we get right away. We, they establish uh, Cole mm-hmm. and uh, Allison, their buddy, buddy. They, you, they make us hate them right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, because all they do is, is talk about Renera behind her back. And, oh, she's such a whiny little, and then he calls her the C word. And then she kind of like, no, I get to call her that. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, you, you're not, you're not uh, able to be calling her that. Um, but right away, when he says that word, boom, you, you're done with him. The, the hypocrisy of him saying like, oh, I lost my honor, but mm-hmm. you're the one that still did it. She didn't force you to have he, sex with yeah. her. Yeah, he voluntarily went in for that. At because the end. <laughs> he, he could have just said, you know what? No, and, and left. He's the yeah. one that did it too. And then all of a sudden he's, he's still upset that, you know, they're not picking oranges in Volantis <laughs> and she's all now nah, he's oh she's a spider woman and she's a this and that. I just like, you know what? Screw you. Yeah. yeah. Actually now that you say it's, it's sort of her, him blaming her and like hating her all these years later, it sort of made me realize that even then the, proposal that i liked so much in the beginning it is sort of full of blame too you know it's, he's sort of saying but i lost my honor because of this because of you and oh yeah i'm, oh, yeah, I'm it, disliking Kristen even more now. yeah because then he in that episode five in the boat he does oh i'm just your man whore oh yeah basically <laughs> and i'm like okay i'll i'll be that for you <laughs> just kidding yeah. um and then i'll go back to Viserys, him loving renera and you know but he's going to defend his daughter to the end Mm-hmm. And everybody in the kingdom knows, you know, like, okay, you're going to have three kids with brown hair. Your your husband has silver. You have gold hair. That's not going to happen. I guess <laughs> Allison, if, if Allison's kid, if one of them had brown hair or red, she has red hair, right? Mm-hmm. Reddish brown. Like an auburn hair. Yeah. Uh, if one of the, her kids came out with that, you would be like, okay, because the mother has that hair. Is it going to happen where two people with silver? That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the funniest part of the whole series is when the series is like, oh, he has his father's nose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laner's like, yeah, he does. <laughs> and then Allison says something really snappy then too, where she goes to Laner and goes, keep trying and maybe one of them will look like you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a slap in the face, like yeah. saying, oh, you know, we know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, let's get to the kids. I thought, you know, we didn't get that much time with the kids. But doesn't that older Aegon, doesn't he remind you of Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> yeah, and uh, the guy, the kid from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I would say Stranger Things. The combination. <laughs> actually, somebody said he looks like the combination of every character of Stranger Things. <laughs> foot, foot. <laughs> And also kind of Julie Delpy, the French actress. I don't know why I saw her in him. And also, he's actually David Tennant's son. I was so oh, surprised. Oh, yeah, I just I, saw that today. That yeah, that's, that's my did you know input, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was so surprised yeah, when I found out. I'm so yeah, cracking they up at every character of Stranger Things in one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they did a good job. This show knows how to pick good actors and child actors. Um, <laughs> and there's this is one scene where... <laughs> she goes to his room and he's all standing up on the ledge doing his thing to himself and it's just so funny the memes are so funny like people are looking up oh there goes Aegon again 
Yeah, honestly, that was one of those scenes where I was like, was that necessary to have that in there? But well, that was, like, was just whatever. It, re- it reminded like- me of Tommen in season six. Right. Oh, throws- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was just one of those game, like Game of Thrones-esque scenes where I was like, come on, like that was not necessary. I, I was going to say, I do agree that it's not necessary as all and it was gross. But I think the point of it was how it showed uh, Alison's reaction mm-hmm. to, to him. You know, he just, she did not even say anything about no. it. He was just like, oh, no, let's focus on Rhaenyra here. <laughs> let's focus on the thing that I prioritize and I hate and I don't care what else you do. And it just yeah. shows that. Well, he, he has one of the, he, uh, what's Aegon? <laughs> I'm going to say a bad word here, but I thought it was so funny the way he said it. Because uh, prior to that scene, they make fun of Amond, the second yeah. his, bro- his younger brother, not the younger, the middle child. Mm-hmm. And everybody has dragons, and he doesn't have one, which is funny because the two kids, the kids with the brown hair, have dragons. So I don't know what she's complaining about. They still have the Targaryen blood in them because mm-hmm. they can ride dragons. Anyway, they make fun of Amond, and they get a pig, and they put anyway. So Allison is pissed off, <laughs> and she's all. Why are you doing that? And he goes, excuse my language. He <laughs> excuse my language, man, but it's so he goes, well, he's a twat. Oh, twat. <laughs> the way Sorry. he said it was so <laughs> funny. I rewinded it like three times. My wife was like, okay, okay, it's funny. I go, it's the way he said it. Yeah, it's no, like, we, lied. we cracked up at that part too. My boyfriend and just, I were watching and we just looked at each other and did the loudest laugh ever. Like, did he just say that? Yeah, but in, in that scene also, you can tell that he doesn't care about the Iron Throne. Mm-mm. yeah like allison's so hell-bent like no you you have to be the king and he goes i don't care no because he goes oh jaceris jaceris of valarian is gonna be is gonna be the king and he goes so <laughs> like like he literally <laughs> doesn't care and she's like no you have to do this and blah 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 blah. basically uh poisoning his mind against mm-hmm. his is it his cousins or no i don't know yeah i guess his family uh <laughs> so his nephews and, but so. i did like the scene at the dragon lair with the kids i thought that was such a good scene yeah. and um you see the dynamic between the two like even though their moms don't get along that they, they don't care they're being kids and playing and even though they're kind of bullying one of them they're still like you do you see them like not hating each other type of thing and that's what Sarah said they're just kids who cares mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, let go. Let go. I did I, think the bullying was sad just because I'm like super against bullying. And I was like, come on, like, he's just a kid. But yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see where that story goes. I'm not going to, I know it was such a small part, but I am excited to see the kids and like how they get along. Uh, in the it's going to yeah. be good tonight. Well, actually, oh, let's just talk to people tonight. Episode seven is going to premiere. Um, but I, I love seeing the dragon pit in it's all its glory because yeah. you see the dragon pit in season seven where you know it's destroyed areas, yeah, yeah. it's destroyed but yeah. you get to see it really awesome but um let's go to damon and let's go to damon and lena and they're in pentos they're living the life they have no responsibility which is damon's like i don't care about the west stories politics mm-hmm. i don't care about the throne i just want to live high off the hog and just kind of chill and she's basically saying no we need to go back home we don't belong here did you notice he's like getting tired of her? Like, yeah, I don't care what you think. It was weird for me because I couldn't tell how he felt towards her. Like, I couldn't tell if he actually loved her or he didn't, but I can tell he was not very fond of his uh, daughters, at least one of them that couldn't, um, didn't have a dragon. But yeah, because there, there's a scene where he's um, teaching the older one how to speak Valerian mm-hmm. or Val- I'm sorry, Valerian. <laughs> the, the younger child doesn't have a dragon. And I think she's like, 
Lena tells her, I didn't get one till I was 15. You know, and now I have the yeah. biggest dragon. Her dragon is amazing. <laughs> it's like yeah, I know. probably Agar. twice the size of Drogon. And it's because oh. it's it's uh, one of the dragons of Aegon's wives. I don't know if it was, I don't know which wife, but it's like a very important <laughs> historical dragon. And, and I thought that she was going to be in the show for at least a couple episodes. Like I, we, yeah. I knew she was going to die, but I didn't realize it was going to be this episode mm-hmm. so fast. Yeah. I thought it was going to be episode seven. At yeah. Least. I was like, give her at least one episode, yeah. <laughs> you know, because she's a really good actress and she's, I'm going to say she's beautiful. I was going to say she's so stunning looking. I yeah, cannot take is. my eyes the off hair, the hair, that, that wig time. was amazing. Yeah. But she did have one of the most badass deaths, I think, in the whole mm-hmm. series because she went out the way she wanted to. Like She's like, I know I'm going to die. And then she mentions that I, I want to die a Dragon Rider's death. In the beginning, she basically foreshadowed her, her death. Did you yeah. <laughs> think that was going to happen? Let me ask Manya real quick. Uh, yeah. uh, kind of. Not okay. When the scene started to happen and her struggling, I kind of saw it coming. And it was kind of like a karma thing, too, where Damon in episode one made fun of the situation type of thing publicly. And now it's happening to him. But I got to give him props for actually taking the moment and ask is the mother going to live type of thing that I just love how we were like on board. that was episode six and we've already seen three birth scenes, like birthing scenes. And I'm like, what is going on in the show? Yeah. But no, it was honestly, I thought it was a really good scene because you just see her at the bone, even at her most vulnerable stage of her life, she stayed strong. And like you said, she went out the way she wanted. She took charge of the situation. Did you think Minoa, that the dragon was confused? Yes, and she kept saying Dracarys, and she's like, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because if you think about Vagar is a very old and historical dragon, and I think that you know he obviously had to kill so many people with Dragonfire before, but never his own rider, never the person that you know that is sort of his master and like the person he's connected to for the rest of that person's life because he obviously would outlive them. Or she, sorry, Vagar is a she dragon. So I think that yeah, it was interesting to see a dragon confused and hesitant almost at least it's it was on on her own terms and it was something that they improved upon in the from the book i think because i it's much better than lena's death did, yeah did you think that they him them cutting off the part where she couldn't give birth oh yeah yeah he flew he took a dragon and he flew back to king's landing and got the maester to bring back to help her out like oh i don't i think i must have like skimmed it or something i don't i don't know that but um, yeah, no, I think that that's very interesting too. I mean, because I didn't, again, I didn't know that. yeah, again, and and then I I don't know if you saw the pictures, both of you, or they deleted the scene of him hugging both the daughters, which I mm-hmm. thought was interesting. Like they they don't do the scene of him getting the maester. They don't show the scene of him consoling his daughters. Is it just to make him cold? Seems like it. So. I mean, it seems yeah. like a conscious effort to take out the parts where he's being humane, basically. So. Yeah, it seems like a conscious decision almost. I don't know. That's interesting. Just people are, are, on Twitter are so pissed that they took off that scene of him hugging the two daughters. It just kind of like, why? why? I did actually think that it was kind of odd that he was just standing there with them instead of like consoling them. You know, they just lost their mother. So I don't know. That, that's that's an odd choice to take it out. But it seems like they have a plan. Um, And then we get the scene with Alara Strong. Which is kind of like the Varys slash Littlefinger of the series. Uh, what did you think of the scene with uh, 
Laris and Allison because he's kind of a dick, right? He's kind of like, he does have no compassion towards his father or his brother. Mm-hmm. And he's basically, like I said, he's the little finger and, and Varys of the, of the show. I'm not a fan of him. <laughs> he, ugh, it's just, mm-hmm. I can't even find the right words for him because what he did was so cruel in episode six, like going after your family just to, for your own gains. And yeah. again, he killed like almost everyone and like of his family, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I thought well, they don't show the body, but he, I mean, the whole castle was on like, fire. Yeah, he set the entire mm-hmm. castle on fire just again so he could gain the queen's trust and she would do him favors someday like it it was just so dirty of him to do that and i really 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 another character that i just hate but meanwhile did you see the expression of allison when he goes yeah well they're all dead she goes they're dead and he goes Mm -hmm. well when the queen asked me to do something i have to do it and she's like no i didn't ask for this (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think that you know we saw allison so confident in that episode like confidence in her hates for towards her and sort of her uh, status as the queen and everything i think it's interesting to sort of see her i don't want to say break but to see that sort of be unveiled a little bit because she kind of wanted it to happen just not to that extent and she i think gets blood in her hands like actual blood in her hands for the first time mm-hmm. um because at, at the end of the day she can't deny that she isn't involved completely, you know. I mean, she is involved to some extent with, with what Laris did. So, yeah, it was interesting to see her sort of react that way because I think it's her trying to deny kind of that she didn't want it to happen or sort of accept that she is getting what she wanted. And I think we might see her sort of get used to it, get used to yeah. that. And if you notice when she says, I didn't want any of this, the, the actor who plays Lord, Lord uh, um, what's his name? Um, Laris. Laris. Yeah. He he does a mini eye roll. That's so funny and perfect. Like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. You didn't want me to do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so subtle. It's perfect. But um, I, I see a lot of comparisons to Cersei and her. And mm-hmm. I don't understand that comparison at all. Because Cersei was just Mm-mm. savage. And where yeah. she, maybe Allison's going to get. I'm not going to. I know, but I'm just saying for the people who don't know. I don't see her that at that point yet because Cersei would never go, would never have any kind of uh, remorse. Remorse, yeah, they yeah. go remorse of yeah. anything. And you know, Alice is like, wait, 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 like you could see almost her crying. Yeah, and, and yeah, she definitely had a moment of what have I done type of thing. Cersei would be like, so who cares? She'd be like, hmm, all right, drinking you, wine. You, yeah, no, she definitely had a like, oh my god, what have I done? You know, but at the same time, like you guys said, I think she'll get used to this and she's going to try to probably cover up this is all speculations but she's going to probably try to cover up one quote-unquote mistake with another mistake and it's just going to build into a bigger thing that's what i that's where i see her character going yeah i think and, and then it, this, the episode ends with uh Rhaenyra saying we're done she's done with this she's going to go back to dragonstone and she tells her husband you can bring your boy toy with you that's fine <laughs> Uh, and it sets up and people are complaining that it's slow, but I think it was the perfect, it, it wasn't a, a filler episode, maybe a little bit, but it, it's setting everything up because mm-hmm. uh, again, I'm sorry for my language, Minwat, but shit's going to go no, down. It's, okay. <laughs> it's going to go crazy and people are going to, I think when people rewatch this, it's going to be a nice build up to that seven, eight, nine, ten episode. So Yeah, it's necessary. Yeah, but you can't have like, 
craziness in every episode. It, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work. So what would you? Yeah, sorry. Even Game of Thrones, not every episode was action packed. You know, you need the setup. If if this just jumped into some big battle or like a fight or quarrel, I don't know. It just it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense because ten years have passed. We need to know what's going on. We need to know these characters. So, I think slow episodes are. I don't even think this was slow. But if people want to call it slow, I think slow episodes are necessary for just story build up. And that's why I like season yeah. two of Game of Thrones because there's only one big battle, and that's the Blackwater. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's it. Everything else is politicking, great dialogue, great backstabbing, great scenes, and it's every is slow. All Funny those, enough, uh, the director of that episode. Sorry, this is completely off topic, but directed one of my all-time favorite horror movies. So it's like a plus for me. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, that was completely off no, topic. No. <laughs> yeah so before we head out just a quick where do you put season six uh right now where would you rank it you mean episode six <laughs> yeah episodes did i say season six, yeah, episode six. <laughs> where would you rank it right now if you had to rank it your favorite at least favorite middle of the pack oh i didn't rank the episodes um maybe somewhere in the middle i think maybe the first episode is the one that i like the most i think oh i don't know because now sort of episodes two and three are like one in my head i i i forget sort of what's what events happen exactly which episode but maybe somewhere along the middle um i don't know what would you rate it for, yeah one out of ten. Oh, um ep- episode six probably around uh at least an eight point like seven to nine, like uh, like I I think that most episodes of House of the Dragon have been around a nine. How about you, Monia? Would you? I actually it? wrote down eight point seven as well. Uh, <laughs> I, I I did really like this episode, but just comparing it with, to the other ones, I think it would be in the middle, but closer to the top. If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't like. There hasn't been bad episodes, so they've all been really good. It's hard for me yeah. to put this anywhere. It's just again i'm completely okay with the character the actress is changing completely okay with it but just the fact of getting used to it i think that's what makes it like knock it down just a little bit yeah so we're gonna stop right here with the house of the dragon Mm because you have to head out pretty soon so i we're gonna have you back meanwhile of course Mm -hmm. Um, i'd love to be back i had so um, much fun with you guys that way we can talk more i think we could do like a uh, our own our own like a series of just reviewing each episode of game of thrones <laughs> but uh let's get to questions real quick um, wait hold on though one second what would you rate episode six? Oh, uh 8.5 okay i think that first scene was like oh my god this is so good i mean it set everything up but um all right so um before we head out let's do questions i think i only you have one right you said Oh, yeah, I only got one, but um, I'm just going to give them a shout out because we actually answered their question while um, doing our review of. Well, actually, I just got another one literally a second ago, but um, shout out to Cinetastic Reviews. Uh, she asked, what are the things that bothered you most about Blonde, which we did talk about. So I'm just going to give her a shout out for asking the question. Thank you. And Courtney Kitty asked, uh, can I be a guest one day? <laughs> no i'm just kidding no yes everyone's yes. welcome <laughs> yeah okay so let me ask you this is uh, i'm gonna go really quick okay so luke underscore reviews he asked it's a kind of a westeros and a horror kind of thing he goes which westeros character would do best and worst in a horror movie let's go oh my uh, actually let's go with minwa first because um that's a hard one i guess jamie would do the best <laughs> Oh, really? 
because he's good. I mean, he killed the Mad King. I don't see him why he couldn't king kill any, you know, boogeyman. Oh, I thought I, 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 the one character just popped in my head right away. But Minwa, go ahead. I was just gonna say Arya. I'm not the best at. I don't know much about her, but with her training that she, that she had in the House Black and White, I think that's what it's called with the faceless men. Yeah, that's definitely gonna get her um, out alive in a horror movie. I think. I I picked the mountain. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> he would just he would just kill every single single zombie or whatever. As far as who movie. would do the worst, I don't know. That's. I'll pick Viserys because he was a wimp and coward. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say probably like I don't know, Littlefinger probably too because he was a coward. He was cunning. He was evil, but I feel like he was a coward when it came to situations. I have I have an answer. Um, Rickon Stark, the little brother, the youngest brother from. Oh yeah, kids. Oh, yeah, the one who kid. in zigzag. <laughs> yeah. See, everyone forgets about him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a two. I only have four more questions here, so. Uh, film forager was this um sandra she asked what is your perfect movie theater snack popcorn for me that's an easy one yeah yeah popcorn and, and just like a fizzy drink yeah uh, yeah i think um i think we answered this last one I, i'm just gonna do nachos and coke zero <laughs> those are good <laughs> yeah so actually uh, the next question is movie underscore i lover thank you for always sending questions he asked favorite soda or caffeinated drink Meanwhile, you can go first. <laughs> uh, Coke Zero. Oh, that's yeah, my new too. favorite. <laughs> favorite soda? Uh, that's a hard one because I kind of quit soda. I've been just drinking fizzy waters, but I think if I were to just pick, it would be just regular Coca Cola. Actually, wait a minute. Caffeinated drinks. So I'm, I guess I'll pick coffee. Oh. <laughs> coffee. <laughs> yeah, I love me a nice cold brew. <laughs> no, just. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hot black coffee with a tiny splash of cream. Okay. Yeah, like a good latte or a mocha. I think. Yeah. So mm. yeah, that we just switched our answers real quick. Because <laughs> I thought about it. Oh, caffeinated. Wait a minute. Okay. So this is the last question. This travel underscore enthusiast underscore two thousand. Is the House of the Dragon season one better than Game of Thrones season one? I feel like this is almost unfair to compare just because I think they're both really good. But if I were to pick, I would probably go with Game of Thrones season one. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I think, again, not fair to compare. I agree with Mania, but I think we have to choose Game of Thrones just because of the pace. I think that's at the end of the day, the slowness of Game of Thrones season one paid off. Seasons that followed, not season eight. But um it was so slow and so clever and the writing was just so it's just some of the best television that you know exists um the first season of game of thrones and even the second it's slow and the budget was so low at the end of the day it, it outshines house of the dragon because of the pace and, and and the richness of the writing i think unless uh episode seven eight nine and ten of house of the dragon is incredible yeah. and mind-blowing i'm gonna yeah, it, pick game of thrones two season one and again, it's fresh in my mind because I just finished watching, uh, rewatching it. Pretty much every episode, I gave a four or four and a half, and there was one that I gave. Uh, there was two that I gave five stars. So I'm not there yet with the House of the Dragon, but like I said, <laughs> there's so much stuff that's gonna happen if they do it correctly. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Because like I said, it's gonna be bonkers. <laughs> What's I know, I know. I I keep reading Fire and Blood. I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna happen, and we're gonna see this, and 
and it's just it's oh we're just we're all in for a lot <laughs> well i did read that the this i don't guess it's not a spoiler this was hbo said that seven of the nine dragons are going to be in this next episode probably because of the funeral and they're all going to be there yeah. all the dragons not all of them but yeah. seven out of nine all right this concludes episode seven thank you so much for listening before we head out uh where can we find you minwa um you can find me on instagram on my blog that i interact with tony and mania on it's called at the arab khaleesi um i also have another project on instagram called scenario you can find me on that um it's tagged in the bio of my um, khaleesi accounts and you can find me on letterboxd my at is just minwa my name so m-i-n-w-a well thank you so much for joining us in this episode this was such a blast i had so much fun talking with you and yeah nerding out about house of the dragon and game of thrones <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I had so much fun talking to you guys. It's actually my first time talking to someone about House of the Dragon, which is probably why I got so excited because <laughs> I didn't see anyone in real life so far um, since House of the Dragon premiered, like any of my friends or anything. So um, I just had so much fun. And thank you guys for being amazing and for being so friendly. I had an amazing time. Well, you're well, definitely the- coming back. Sorry, Tony, but you're definitely coming back for more episodes. That's for sure. <laughs> I'd no, love I want to be back. I want to say thank you because um, I did ask Minwa, uh, uh, I think it was like a month or two months ago. And at first she was just like, no, she said no. And she was really sweet. And she said, no, I'm just, I don't think I'm ready. And then like, I think a week or two weeks later, she DM'd me and she's like, I think I want to do it. Oh. <laughs> so I was happy that you said that. So thank you for coming. This is great. This is probably going to be our longest episode, but that's a good thing. <laughs> Not that it's a bad thing. I'm sorry, um, because we talked about a lot. So mm-hmm. you did. This is your first podcast. You did great. So thank you, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you for being the best podcast host for the first oh. <laughs> for, for the first time. So okay. where can they find us, Mania? Uh, you guys can head on to our Instagram page at the underscore real spotlight. And we have a link tree linking to everything else. I mean, everywhere else you guys can find us and where you can listen to the podcast and all that stuff. And once again, thank you so much for listening to episode seven. Uh, Peace out.